Welcome to another Grief Talk Coffee Chat episode. I'm your host, Von Solis. So welcome to another Divine Healing Coaching episode. Today I'm going to be talking all about isolation in grief. How to know if you have isolated yourself in grief, so what the signs are, and how this may be impacting you. First, let's talk about the signs. And you may be experiencing one or a combination of just some of uh, how isolation uh, presents in our environment and grief, so how these signs may be impacting you. You believe that your bereavement has handed you a life sentence that you'll never be able to escape. You think that nobody gets you. You prefer to be alone. Your family and friends have bailed on you. Your personal relationships have fallen apart. Your family life is in a mess. You don't have any support. You believe that life has dealt you a bad hand. You can't focus. You can't meet your obligations. You actually may be having financial problems and scared you're going to lose your job because you really inside know that you can't deal with the pressure. You live in fear about everything. You think you're going crazy, but you don't know what's wrong with you. You don't know where to turn for help. Your inner world is dark and scary. You do not believe that your life is going to get any better. Mostly, you miss your loved ones so much, you don't know if you can survive the pain, and you may not even really care. So here's some of what you may be feeling, and a whole lot more. Confused, angry, hopeless, afraid, guilty, sad, bad, fatigued, stressed, distracted, depressed, lonely, vulnerable, hurt, abandoned, powerless, ashamed, frustrated, numb, helpless, disrespected, threatened, unseen, and the list goes on. Absolutely ensuring that if you don't do anything to change what you are experiencing in your grief, this isolation is only going to amplify exactly what you're feeling. Your life is at a minimum going to stay the same or most likely get worse, leading to any amount of dysfunction, disability, and disempowerment in any number of ways, affecting not only you, but also your loved ones who really do want to try and support you, but simply don't know how because they don't really understand what you're going through and in fact may be suffering some of the exact same things in their grief. So, not to stay stuck in this sad scenario that isolation actually creates for every single person who is in grief and isolating themselves knowingly or unknowingly. Here are four things that you can immediately start doing to actually change what you are experiencing in your grief so that you aren't so isolated. Number one is acceptance. Understanding and accepting, here's where I am. Now, what am I going to do about it? Well, there will be days that you're going to still feel any or all of the above that I just mentioned. Honor them, but don't let yourself stay there, even if the freedom that you are seeking is still only in your mind for today. The next one is community. Find at least one online community that fits 
the type of grief that you are experiencing. Start with a search in Facebook or online grief groups that speak to your type of loss. Some that may offer even physical support in your community that you can attend in person. Support groups cost absolutely nothing to become a member, and you can observe the conversations by scrolling through the messages for a while before you decide uh, to join to see if this space really is what you're looking for, and if you do want to become a member and even share some of your story. Communities may expand for you over time, which is great the more that you expand in your healing uh, if they are used correctly. The third one is connection. In any community, you can probably find at least one person that you feel an affinity with and actually can um, become online pals with. I did this in my own grief for uh, the very beginning in my grief with about three to four people. And some of these relationships lasted with uh, daily or weekly um, emails back and forth uh, for up to three years. And um, I know every one of them to this day. You can agree the terms of your online friendship, how willing you are to share what you each are going through and how much you feel you can support each other online. And actually, you can make lifelong friends, as I have done, through this bonding of this type of connection that is created in early grief. And as I said, often can be found in these early support groups. Number four is support. Often you can find support for your specific needs in grief. Again, uh, in support groups, by word of mouth with the people that you connect with, uh, and through other resources that you start with that um, often lead to other resources that can help you as you are progressing through your grief and as you get stronger and healthier. So the important thing is that we all change throughout our grief because life will always continue to happen around us and for us. And as such, we all have to bring newness into our grief because while we can stay relatively static emotionally and and actually in our life view, we simply cannot physically stay static. Um, as my wonderful sister has reminded me, we take ourselves wherever we go. So that is the mental and emotional piece. And this is why it is so important to understand every part of what you are experiencing in your grief throughout every bit of this process for you and decide what you want to do with that moment in that phase or um, in going forward, however you define what you are struggling with and how you're feeling isolated. When you free yourself to be who you are, and we largely do this by sharing our stories, even with just one person to begin with, verbalizing, writing about it, but I'm talking about really verbalizing uh, what's actually happened to us, claiming who we are authentically. This happened. I lost my child to suicide. You know, I lost my partner. Whatever your loss was that has pre presented as, you know, hugely isolating for you in your grief, finding your voice and being able to speak about it, as I said, even starting with just one person will help you give up the pressure to be who you are not and discover what you really need and want throughout all of your bereavement, which, by the way, will always be a part of you for the rest of your life. This gives you the opportunity to decide if, when, and how you may choose to rebuild your life 
and embrace any amount of healing that feels right for you wherever you are in your journey. I'm going to say one word here about healing. And I do know that that word healing, I do use it throughout all of my teaching and my coaching and in my personal uh, journey in my, in, in my own uh, attempt to uh, basically recover, rebuild my life in, in, in the 18 years uh, where I, uh, I am today, which is a very different person from when I started in 2005 after the suicide of my daughter. I went through some things in my very early grief that uh, presented uh, as isolation. Uh, all of the things I actually mentioned in that list. And um, it took a lot of courage and uh, confidence and the ability to sort of, um, I won't say own, but certainly accept that my daughter had actually died by suicide, which actually creates a lot of shame. So when you do come from a shameful experience, shame is often related to isolation or any kind of embarrassment we have about the loss that we have suffered, and it does force us to keep quiet. Culturally, also, we're taught to be silent because people just don't really want to hear our stories. Uh, often, this is because, one, they don't think they can handle it uh, emotionally. Two, they don't really know what to say and how they could support you. And there would, would be this feeling um, a little bit of, ooh, I should do something to help that person. And three, a big part of it is when we hear stories and terrible things that happen to other people, losses that are unexpected, we've gone too soon, you know, all anything that 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 would represent for us culturally as a threat, uh, it's easier to kind of turn away from it and just hope it never happens to you. Sorry that it happened to the other person, but uh, if I don't talk about it, probably never going to happen to me until it does. And if it doesn't, you know what? Um, being aware of other people's losses and not being afraid to sort of understand the realities of um, death, grief, bereavement of all types really uh, is what creates a more empathetic and compassionate uh, culture, society that we all deserve to live in. It actually helps us assimilate ourselves back into a more what I'll just say, quote unquote, uh, mainstream type of living, which I advocate for in all of the work that I do. So that's it. That's all I want to say today. Um, I really ask that you please consider how isolated you are. Do any one or two of the four steps that I really I encourage you, which would be acceptance, community connection, and finding that support. Any teeny weeny first step you can take to um, make a change in your life by being willing to just take one little step to understand that you are not alone in what you are going through, no matter how much your circumstances may suggest to you. Otherwise, there's always going to be millions of other people going through pretty much the same thing. Maybe at different times and maybe to less intensity or more intensity, but hey, we're all on this planet basically with very similar life experiences. And once we connect, I'm telling you, half that burden, if not more of it, just goes away from us because we feel less alone. So that's it for today. You can check out more of my resources at uh, vonsolis.com, where I offer books, coaching, an online course, and an opportunity to join my community newsletter, where I share tips and other strategies relevant to what's going on in real time. I'd absolutely love to have you as part of my uh, my online community. So again, that's it. Until next time, take care of you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. <laughs>